church. Let's stand up today. Now that you all got your doni and your coffee. Father, we thank you for this day, this opportunity to come into your presence. Lord, we cast every care, every anxious thought, every concern upon you, for you truly care for your people. Father, we come before your throne of grace to obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need this day. We exalt you, Lord Jesus, in this place. We thank you, Lord, for the corporate anointing. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm gonna lift up Jesus. I'm gonna lift up Jesus. I'm gonna lift up Jesus. Singing glory, hallelujah. Singing glory, hallelujah. So be exalted in this place. God of mercy and grace. Let your name forevermore be lifted high. For your praise is on our lips. As we sing about your goodness, may our words and through our lives we testify. Singing, I'm gonna lift up Jesus. Yes, I'm gonna lift up Jesus. I'm gonna lift up Jesus Singing glory, hallelujah Singing glory, hallelujah To be exalted in this place God of mercy and grace, let your name forevermore be lifted high. For your praise is on our lips as we sing about your goodness. May our words and through our lives we testify. May our words and through our lives we testify. Singing glory, hallelujah. Singing glory, hallelujah. Singing glory, hallelujah. Singing glory, hallelujah. 
Now we're going to sing that again. We got to do some breaking through this morning. So that's going to require us lifting our voice, clapping our hands, and getting loud. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, folks. Amen. So I'm not going to settle for going to song number four and then calling it quits. So let's do this again and let's sing it like we believe it.
Let's just be seated. Close our eyes. Let him restore your joy this morning. Cover me, Lord. 
because I do believe there's an anointing here to restore joy. So if that's you, I mean, I came to church today heavy in my spirit and, and, you know, just yucky. If that's you, come and let's let the anointing of God flow in you. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. If that's you, come on up here. Don't be bashful. God is a God of fresh oil. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. All I want you need to sing or play, and I want more organ. So get off the guitar and play the organ. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Back up. You're too close. Knock me over. God wants to restore joy. He wants us to be happy. Amen? So what you need to do is expect today to receive that anointing that restores your joy. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Father. In the name of Jesus. I loose that anointing today in Jesus' name for restoration in Jesus, Jesus' name. Restore, stir up, Lord God, in the name of Jesus. Fill her, Lord, full. Joy, 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 joy in Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Who? In Jesus' mighty name, Lord. Restore that joy. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Oh, thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. In the name of every name. The rest of you pray in the spirit. Glory, CK. You're not, we're not there. Play something different. Father, we thank you for that anointing flowing today in this place. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. We purpose, Lord, to break through, Lord. These people, Lord, restore their joy in Jesus' name. 
Jesus' name, Jesus' name, Jesus' name. Pray in the Spirit. Now the people in line, just be quiet and receive. In Jesus' name. Jesus' name, Jesus' name, Jesus' name, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Moshale Mahondu Sota. Ingresi Ela. Nahandu Suha. Yeah, thank you, Lord, for restoring his joy. In Jesus' name. Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Ooh, ooh, ne, si, la, no, ha, ha, ne, ha, 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 ro, su, ne, le, no, kale, e, la, nu, ri, se, e, e, la, du, ro, ha, 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 ne, ri, su, na, ma, su, na, ha, le, nu, sha, ha, te, hingla, tu, su, na, ha, te, ne, ro, ta, ri, su, na, ha, no, si, la, ma, ha, du, ro, su, ha, Oh, thank you, Lord, for filling her with fresh oil. Fresh oil. Renew, Lord God, that fresh oil in her in Jesus' name and fill her. No discouragement I bind in Jesus' name and I lose joy. Joy and peace to guard her heart and mind in Christ Jesus. Thank you, Father for fresh oil. Restore her joy this day in the name, in the name, in the name of Jesus Christ. We thank you, Lord. Yeah, yes, 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 yes. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. In the name of Jesus Christ, fresh oil, restore unto her the joy of her salvation. We thank you, Father, this day in Jesus' mighty name. Jesus' mighty name. Oh, desiterisuta. Thank you, Lord Jesus. In the name of Jesus Christ, Lord, restore unto her that joy in Jesus' name. Restore unto him joy in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Jesus' name. name. Thank you, Lord Jesus. restore onto her joy. We loose that anointing upon her this day and say be filled and be refreshed in Jesus' name. You need some joy? Amen. Father, we thank you. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Joy, 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 joy. Jesus' name. Jesus' name. For the Spirit would say, 
Put on the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness and lift your voice to the Most High. Don't let down and sigh, but sing praises to Me day by day, and I will direct your pathway. Don't allow the enemy to come in and steal what's rightfully yours. For you have a covenant, and that covenant provides peace and joy. Discouragement is your enemy. So don't allow the enemy to sow those seeds in your mind. But you continue to seek after Me, and again your joy you will find. So this is not an hour to look down, but this is an hour to look up, for your redemption draweth nigh. So rejoice in Me, your living God. The thoughts that I think towards you are thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future, a hope, an expected end. But you have a part to play. Rejoice in me every day. You can find something to thank me for. So take the time and reflect on what I've done for you in days gone by. And draw near to me and surely I will draw near to you. So know that I am a God of restoration. And I will not allow the enemy to steal, kill, and destroy. But walk in the fullness of my grace. Walk in wisdom and find your place. Your place is with Him. And you rule and reign with Him in heavenly places. So take your affections off the things of earth and set your affections on things above. Seek those things that are above every day. I'm a God that will illuminate your pathway. I am a God that will pour out My Spirit upon you. But you must seek Me with all of your being. And you've got to remember to lift your voice daily and sing. And sing praises. For praise and worship will dispel the enemy. Praise and worship will cause the walls to fall down. So don't allow the enemy to distract you and just look around. But know you are a son and you are a daughter of the Most High God. And I love you. And I have a place for you. So worship me. Purpose in your heart to sing praise. Glorify me every day. We thank You, Father. We worship You today. We purpose to press in. 
and seek your face. In the name of Jesus. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen, 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 amen. You know, you walk by faith, folks. You don't walk by five physical senses. Amen. Those who are led by the Spirit of God are the sons and daughters of God. You can't be led by your feelings. Amen. Amen. Brad, thank you, Lord. So can I get off topic a little bit? Restore your shout. That's what God told me this week. Restore your shout. And I've been shouting my fool head off. And I know we did that for a season even here. We were shouting loud, boisterous. But sometimes we get distracted and we get busy and the affairs of life come and they go and we lose our shout. And I encourage you, especially those of you that came up, to restore your shout and don't let the enemy push you back. I mean, that was a good word that Pastor shared. And if it's okay, instead of a tithes and offerings message, I'll share you one just as short, but that has to do with um, what's going on. Is this all right if I do that? So in Genesis, I'll read it real quick to you. It's about Abraham. God had me go here one day, and I thought, well, okay. And I started in Genesis, and he's like, no, go to Abraham. And I started in Abraham, and I see why, what God was trying to show me. Because I'm sure, just like many of you, I'm standing in many a trials, and I'm standing in faith and believing God's Word, and yet it's like nothing's happening. It's like, what's going on? Why? Why are we waiting? What are we waiting for? And I'm just going to paraphrase it because I'm not going to find it fast enough. Abraham just got done going out and wiping out some of the bad dudes and brought back his ties to Melchizedek. And then he meets with God, and God meets with him and says, I will make you a father of many nations. I will bless you, and so on and so forth. And he lays out all these promises to Abraham. And Abraham goes to God and says, Okay, God, I believe you. He's not, not that he was second-guessing his word. I believe you, but what will you show me or what will you give me to show me that, that you're going to do these things. I mean, I don't even have a child. How can this be so? But yet, I believe you, so show me a sign. And God told him to go get three rams, three sheep, and I don't remember, three goats, and prepare them. And so Abraham knew what that meant. So first thing in the morning, this is what he does. He gets those three animals, and he slices them down the middle, and he lays one side here and one side there. And what that is, is setting up a covenant. He knew that. He knew how that was to be laid out. So you got these carcasses split in half, and the blood is in between. And, and in those days, you would walk down between that blood together, striking a covenant from one with the other. And this is what God was preparing him to do, and he knew what it was. And so he did this first thing in the morning, thinking, okay, God's going to strike a covenant with me. This is, this is my sign. This is what I need to know. This is how it's going to lay out the promise that he's given me. And so he sat down. And he waited, and he waited, and he waited. All day long he sat there. Okay, God told him what to do. God, he had a promise. He had the Word of God. We have promises. We have the Word of God. Whatever your situation is, maybe you're standing on the Word of God. I hope you are. 
And you have that promise, but sometimes it's like you're stuck waiting. And we know we can't grow weary in well-doing, but while Abraham was waiting there, one sentence, and I thought, this is an odd sentence. Why is this even in here? It's not like God puts a sentence in the Bible just for fun or to give you a little side note. There's always a purpose to it. And it said, as Abraham was waiting, that he had to shoo off the ravens. And then it went on. And I thought, well, that's an odd statement. What's that got to do with anything? So I start praying about it, reading up on it, doing some studying. He sat there all day, because then later when God showed up, it was nighttime. The sun was setting. It was going down. Well, all day long he sat there and waited. These dead carcasses laying there, what do ravens want to do? They want to eat it. If Abraham would have just sat there and done nothing, those ravens would have come, eaten those carcasses, and they don't take long. They'd have been gone in no time flat, and there would have been nothing there to strike that covenant. Nothing there to receive the promise of the word that he had spoken. Nothing left over for Abraham on his side. So he had to get up and shoo off the ravens. And while we don't necessarily strike an animal in half and lay it on each side and walk down it with God for a covenant, but he does give us his word. And in the meantime, sometimes that word isn't instantly fulfilled. The ravens come. Oh, God didn't really mean that. A thought. Oh, well, you know, you're probably not really worthy of that, and that's why. Or you know what you did last week. Oh, you know what you've done in your past. Oh, you know... God's not really doing that today. You know, that was a thing of the old, blah, 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 blah. Shoo the ravens off. Don't let them have a place. Don't let them steal what you have brought forth, your faith, standing in faith on the promise of God, but rather stand and stand firm. And when you've done all you can do, stand. Our goal is to move forward in the things of God, but sometimes all you can do is stand. And the enemy's coming at you from every direction trying to beat you up and steal your joy. And sometimes it, it's everything you got not to fall down or fall backwards, but stand. Shoo off those ravens, stand strong, and sure enough, night came. God never fails. Patience, patience, patience. Sometimes we think it should, everything should be instant, and immediate, but we need to recognize to be patient. The things that I've been dealing with personally that I can just relate to, and I'm not saying mine is greater than anyone else's, but as I stand there, I know the word, and I'm in faith. I, I believe it. God's not a man. He doesn't lie. He's not the son of man that he should repent or change his mind. Has he not said it? Will he not do it? Has he not said it? Will he not make it right? Of course he will. Nothing is impossible to God. If he says it, he'll do it. So get his word, lay it out, you're a faith, and stand. Don't let the raven steal it. I guarantee you, God will come through. Amen? So there's your tithes and offerings for the day. Sorry, I got off topic. Stand by. Okay. When he said that about shout, and... Uh, I remembered in, in Zechariah chapter 4. And it says, And I said, No, my Lord. So he answered and said to me, This is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel, not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. Who are you, O great mountain? You've got a great mountain in your life right now, an issue you're dealing with. 
Before Zerubbabel, you shall become a plain, and he shall bring forth the capstone with shouts of grace, grace to it. So stand up. I want you... How many of you are dealing with something? Let me see your hands. Okay, so we're going to shout grace. If you're dealing with a a circumstance in your physical body or in your finances or in a relationship or your job or whatever, when I count to three, I want you to shout grace three times. One, two, three. Grace! 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 Amen. 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 Remember, do that again if you have to. Hallelujah. I'm up here. I forgot. Sorry. Yes, let's go ahead and receive the tithes and offerings. Ushers, if you would kindly wait upon the people. Again, I mentioned last week, fill out those envelopes at least one good time. And then every time, at least get your name on there and the amount. Save the ushers a step of filling that out for you so we can document that. Um, you know, we talked. We do have online giving if you're traveling out of town or whatever, but I encourage you, if you're here, bring all the ties into the storehouse, like we mentioned. So uh, we won't. We talked about the, the bad side of it. We didn't get to talk about the good side, but that's okay. You can read the rest of Malachi chapter 3, verse 10. Do it next week. Well, whatever. I ain't trying to hog another week, but God's good. While they're receiving that, I'll make a few quick announcements. This week, we do have Patriots United Tuesday night. So if you could be here for that, that's at 6 o'clock right here. Um, And then Wednesday night, we will have prayer. We're not going to have a teaching service. We will have a prayer night. So I encourage you to come and be a part of that. Um, So 7 o'clock right here, Wednesday night. And then... The ladies must have got jealous because the guys had a fun night, right? And so now they've scheduled one up, which is good. So they're going to throw axes. Pictures. We, we put cards, like playing cards, on there for targets, and you guys could use your husband's faces. So be sure to get a printout. No. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, the ladies' night. They're going to do kind of a game night that night. That'll be on June 4th. If you want to put that in your calendars, June 4th from 4 to 7, and there will be a meal provided and whatnot. Um, great opportunity to bring people that maybe they, they don't have to go to church here. You realize that, right? So you can bring others and outsiders and things like that. I think sometimes, you know, people get skeptical of a church like this and think we're just a bunch of weirdos. Well, it turns out I am, but I don't think most of you are. But we're just good old-fashioned people that love God. And, and sometimes you just got to get around each other and recognize that. And so... June 4th from 4 to 7 is the ladies' nights. Food will be provided, so make sure you mark that and come be a part of that. We've got some young men and women that God is raising up and uh, gifts and leaders. Don't ever apologize if you've got something to say. I believe in you. I need you. Amen? And I'm counting on you. Praise God. 
we're going to go on this morning, and, and I had instructions from my daughter-in-law. So, do you know, we do this now, and I think this is good because it helps, gives you an outline for the service. And uh, this is last week, and I, I, I got off track, and I, I'm good at that. Most preachers can get off on rabbit trails, and, and uh, so we did pretty well till we got down to th- number three, and uh, we talked about fresh oil is needed, this is last week's, and be filled continually, and fresh fellowship with the Holy Spirit, we said this, will produce what? Fresh oil, say fresh oil. Fresh oil. And listen, fresh oil will restore your... Say it. Joy. Fresh oil will restore your joy. If you've lost your joy, you need... If you've lost your peace, you need... If you're cranky with people, you really need fresh oil. And if you've lost your vision or purpose, you need fresh oil oil. Amen? Amen. We're going to go on today and so don't unhook on me. You know, we got people gone and and it's the month of May and it's graduation and there's a lot of distractions. But when I'm preaching, I want your attention because I believe I've got something to say. And you've got something that you need to hear. Amen? We gave you, and I'm, I'm going to kind of skip some of this, I'm going to get right into what I want to share today. And say with this with me. The flow of anointing requires a healthy heart. The flow of the anointing of the Spirit requires a healthy heart. Now, how many of you know you got a ticker? A physical heart. What can happen to some of those arteries? How many have ever had a heart catheterization? You have. You're waving back there. You're the winner. You get the prize. Well, what happens is your arteries get plugged and the flow of blood is, you know, stops. And what can happen is if you don't take care of that, you can die. That's simple. So heart health in the natural requires... What what requires a healthy heart in the natural? Donuts. Heart health in the natural requires the right diet. Plenty of exercise. And keeping your stress levels down. Now, some of us are good at one or two things. Maybe you're good at all three things. And, and probably the thing that I've, I've got a wife that makes sure that I get a fairly decent diet. Of course, she doesn't know what I eat when I leave the house. Then, plenty of exercise. I walk 30 minutes a day. But some of us struggle with stress. And you've got to learn how to deal with stress because it will affect your heart. Amen? Well, just like your physical heart... Our spiritual heart can experience a blockage that will hinder the flow of the anointing of God. See, the anointing, what is the anointing of God? I'll give you a little test. It's the what? The Holy Spirit, the power of God, okay? 
It's like divine electricity. You hook up with God, amen, the anointing of God can flow. But there are hindrances. Look at Proverbs, <coughs> Proverbs chapter 4. Proverbs chapter 4. There are hindrances or things that can block the anointing of God in your life. And uh, I want to read to you. Look at Proverbs 4. And you know this passage of Scripture. And let's start with verse 20. It says, My son, <coughs> give attention to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Do not let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart. Now, when we talk about heart, we're not talking about your physical heart. We're talking about your spirit being, your, your spiritual heart. For they are life to those who find them and health to all their flesh. Now, here's, here's the prescription from the doctor. Verse 23, keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it springs the anointing. Out of it springs the issues of life. Right? It's that simple. But verse 24 goes on. It says, Put away from you a deceitful or devious mouth. Put perverse lips far from you. Let your eyes look straight ahead and your eyelids look right before you. Ponder the path of your feet. Let all your ways be established. Do not turn to the right or to the left. Remove your foot from evil. Your mouth, your lips, your eyes or feet are physical symbols for communication. Okay, we're, we're talking about your mouth and lips. We're talking about your words. We're talking about how, you know, things can affect your, your spiritual heart and stop the flow of the anointing. So guess what? Your words, corrupt communication, okay? Your words, your attention. What do you give your attention to every day? And then your behavior is... is these are three things. Communication, attention, and behavior can affect your heart. Now look at Hebrews 3. I, I, I just want you to know I did skip a lot here, so we're getting down to the core of this, but that's, that's what's important. I want to look to things that will hinder the flow of the anointing. Things that can block the anointing from flowing in your life, in my life. Look at Hebrews chapter 3. Of course, this is in regards to uh, the Old Testament and the nation of Israel. In verse 7 of chapter 3 in Hebrews, Therefore, as the Holy Spirit says, Today, if you will hear His voice, how many of you want to hear His voice? Do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion in the day of trial in the wilderness where your fathers tested me, tried me, and saw my works forty years. Therefore I was angry with that generation and said they always go astray in their heart and they've not known my ways. So I swore in my wrath they shall not enter my rest." Beware, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. But exhort one another daily while it is called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. For we become partakers of Christ if we hold 
the fast the beginning of our conscience, our confidence, steadfast to the end. While it is said, today if you will hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion. Stubbornness and rebellion. Say stubbornness and rebellion. These are two things that can affect your spirit. Now, <clears throat> there's good stubbornness and there's bad. You know, my wife and I are both very stubborn. But if we hadn't have been stubborn, we wouldn't still be here. Because we refuse to quit. That's good. But you can be stubborn when God's dealing with you about sin in your life. And that's, that's not good. You and I can't obey God and His Word according to the way we think it should be. Let me say that again. You and I can't obey God and His Word according to the way we think it should be. Now listen to this statement. I found this. It's very good. Our flesh will never see eye to eye with God's will. Our flesh will never see eye to eye with God's will. So you can be stubborn. You and I can be rebellious. And that's not a good thing. It'll stop the flow of the anointing. I'll never forget this. <clears throat> it's very vivid in my, my uh, memory, my memory banks. Many, many, many years ago, I had a leader. And you don't need to sit there and try to figure out who that leader was. But I'll never forget this. One day he walked up the steps. And I had dealt with him about some things. That's one thing about being a pastor. You've got to deal with people. Buddy Harrison used to say, you've got to deal out the, the baddies as well as the goodies. And so I dealt out a baddie to him. I, I told him some things. And I'll never forget this. He came up the steps, and the first thing he said was, God told me I'm right, but I have to submit to your authority. God told me I was right, but I'm still going to have to submit to your authority. Now, what is that? That's a rebellious and that's a stubborn heart. And guess what? He's not here today. So let that be. Let that be some wisdom for you young leaders that think you know it all. Don't ever get to the point where you think you know it all. Amen? Amen. King Saul did not obey God because he feared the people and obeyed their voice. You remember the story. Saul's anointing was removed because of the sin of presumption or the sin of pride. He thought he knew what to do without inquiring of God what to do. So don't make decisions, folks, without going to God and asking Him first. Now, we read this, so stubbornness, say stubbornness and rebellion. The next one is unbelief, and we, we mention that here. The children of Israel could not enter into the promised land because of unbelief. Now listen, unbelief is not the same as doubt. Unbelief is not the same as doubt. Doubt doesn't believe what God has said because it doesn't know what He has said. Unbelief knows what God has said. 
but refuses to believe. Unbelief prevented the children of Israel from entering in the promised land. They knew better. How many through the years as being a believer, a born-again Christian, you knew better, but you did it anyway? Or you didn't do what God asked you to do? Look at Psalm 106. Now, I know, I'll be honest with you. When I give you this, you're not going to like it. Now, look at me and smile. But it'll help you. It'll bless you. Psalm 106, verse 23. This is speaking in regards to the children of Israel. It's a history of why they didn't go in and enter into the promised land. It says in verse 23, Therefore he said that he would destroy them, had not Moses his chosen one stood before him in the breach, to turn away his wrath, lest he destroy... (coughs) My voice. Lest he destroy them. Verse 24. Now listen. This is so important. Then they despised the pleasant land. They did not believe his word. Say they did not believe his word but complained in their tents, did not heed the voice of the Lord. Verse 24, I'm going to read it once again. Then they despised the pleasant land. They did not believe His word. Unbelief, right? But complained in their tents and did not heed the voice of the Lord. So if you get anything today, look at me. I want you to get this. Complaining is the fruit of unbelief. Complaining is the fruit of unbelief. Say it with me. Complaining is the fruit of unbelief. Now you can go and... Go to... um, Philippians chapter 2. Philippians chapter 2. How many have ever complained about your finances? I'm not going to have you raise your hand. I don't don't want to embarrass you. We all have, haven't we? Is there anyone here that's never complained? Because I want to see you after the service and I want you to pray for me. How many there here have ever complained? We all raised our hand. Then we're all, we're all in unbelief. I want this to sink in. If you've complained, you can complain about your finances, you can complain about the nation, the government. We've all done that, haven't we? You can complain about your city and your school board. You can complain about a relationship. Complaining is the fruit of unbelief. Because if you truly believed God was your provider, you wouldn't complain. My God shall supply all my need according to His riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Same same thing with the health. I've complained about my body. That's just saying, I guess you don't believe that He's a healing God. Now, I'm not saying these things to get you under condemnation. I'm saying these things so you begin to take notice, sit up, and realize if you're complaining a lot, you're in unbelief. 
I just don't like that preacher. I don't like the worship leader. Then what are you doing about it? Are you praying? Are you believing God and standing in faith and believing the preacher is going to deliver a message that, that will set the captives free and the anointing of God will begin to flow? Well, I just don't feel the presence of God. Well, you're walking by faith, and, or by feelings and not by faith. Philippians chapter 2, look at verse 14. I know this is the main thing the Spirit of God wanted to get across. I could stop here and... But I don't know if I want to because then we won't fill out everything and then next week I'm going to have to figure it out. At least my daughter-in-law, she's smiling now. She's not smiling at me. I get nervous. Look at this. Philippians chapter 2, 14. Do some things without complaining. (laughs) Do all things without complaining and disputing that you may become blameless and harmless children of God without fault in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation among whom you shine as lights in the world, holding fast the word of life so that I may rejoice in the day of Christ that I've not run in vain or labored in vain. Do all things without complaining. Say it. Do all things without complaining. Does that make sense? When I, when I started to think about that and saw that in Psalm 106 about, you know, people complain in their tents. Most complaining begins at home. Most complain, I just don't like my boss. I've heard Caleb and Micah say that. All the, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Brad's not here, is he? Huh. You, you get what I'm saying? You gripe and moan because you don't at work you don't like this and you don't like that, then what are you believing God for? You're son of the Most High God. You're a daughter of the Most High God. Divine favor surrounds you with the shield. But not when you open your mouth and complain and gripe all the time. The shield goes down. The force field's gone. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Declare and decree a thing, and it shall be established for you, and light shall shine upon your pathway. No light, then you're complaining. And listen, if you think I'm just preaching to you, this applies to me as well. I could give you plenty to I could complain about today. (laughs) We're all in this together. Should we get off of this one? i got a couple more, and we'll quit. The next one, sinful pleasure. What blocks? What was the first one that blocks your, your spiritual arteries? What? Stubbornness and rebellion. What was, what was the second one? Unbelief. The third one, sinful pleasure. Let me read it to you. Um, from the Message Bible, Matthew 6, verse 24. You can't worship two gods at once. Loving one God, you'll end up hating the other. Adoration of one feeds contempt for the other. You can't worship God and money both. Sinful pleasure. Any persistent sin will slowly rob you of the anointing. 
Sins of omission, sins of commission. Maybe you've committed a sin. Maybe God's told you to do something and you haven't done it. Is that sin? Yeah, disobedience. It, it, it will cause a leak in your vessel. And the anointing will flow out. And then you're not going to have anointing to minister to your family and those around you on a daily basis. Here's another one. A broken heart. Say broken heart. Psalm 34.18 says, The Lord is near to those who have a broken heart and saves such as have a contrite spirit. Many in the body of Christ have been hurt. Many in the body of Christ have been offended. I guess I'm the only one. Mistreated. Taken advantage of. And those people choose to make, they make a decision to hold on to those hurts. Hold on to the offense. Hold on to unforgiveness. Therefore again, the anointing leaks out of the vessel. Look at Luke 5. Last Scripture. Luke 5. I want the anointing to flow. Listen, folks. I'll never forget a gentleman for SCF years ago. They used to come to church and they ministered to our people for many, many years. And he said this. He made this statement once and always stuck with me. He said, the preacher's only about that far ahead of his people. That means the preacher has to deal with stuff too. We have to fight the good fight of faith just like you. We have to deal with rebellion and and offense and unbelief just like you. Deal with a broken heart just like you. But here's the answer. The anointing will soften your heart. Say that. The anointing will soften your heart. In Luke chapter 5, verse 36, this is, then he spoke a parable to them. No one puts a piece from a new garment on an old one. Otherwise, the new makes a tear. And also, the piece that was taken out of the new does not match the old. No one puts new wine into old wineskins. Or else the new wine will burst the wineskins and be spilled and the wineskins will be ruined. But new wine, what are we after, folks? New wine. New wine must be put into new wineskins and both are preserved. And no one having drunk old wine immediately desires new, for he says the old is better. If you and I are not flexible or willing to change or be softened by the Holy Spirit in the days ahead, we will not be candidates for receiving God's new wine or fresh oil or fresh outpouring of the Spirit. We've got to learn to be flexible. Now, I want you to know, I'm getting real close to change. You get it? They're making, they make a new one just like this, but it's, it's better. Now, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I just got to make sure I get the right phone so my family can help me. Amen. We need to be flexible. We need to be willing to make changes. 
so our heart can be softened. Now, old wineskins, how do they soften old wineskins? They would take that old wineskin and dip it in water. The washing of the water of the Word softens that, you know, restores the moisture. Some of us just are like prunes. We need to be restored. The moisture's got to go back in. This is symbolic of our hearts being moistened by the washing of water by the Word of God. Without this cleansing, we will allow hardness and resistance and unbelief to block the flow of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Our resistance to make the necessary changes individually as a church body, make the necessary changes as believers, will cause us to be left behind in the new revival, our move of God's Spirit. So we don't want to resist what God's doing. Then finally, after the, they were dipped in water, they were rubbed with, with oil. Some of us just need to be dipped in water again and rubbed with fresh oil. So our, our you know, wine skin becomes softened. Amen? We need to learn to be more flexible. If we want longevity then we need to learn to allow the Holy Ghost work in our hearts and our lives. How many are willing to do that? So, are you an old wineskin or a new wineskin? Or maybe you're in the process. Is Harvest Church, let's ask these questions, is Harvest Church prepared to be rubbed down with fresh oil so we can be used by God to effectively minister to a lost and dying world? We have to ask ourselves, are we willing to change? Do we want a healthy heart? You and I need to guard our hearts against stubbornness and rebellion, unbelief, sinful pleasures, a broken heart, hurts and offenses, unforgiveness. We need to allow the Holy Ghost to work on our hearts. Let's stand up this morning. Let's allow our heart to be softened by the Holy Ghost. I don't want my heart to be hard. I don't want your heart to be hard in the days ahead. Fresh oil, say fresh oil, represents a new anointing in our lives that will propel us into the next move of God's Spirit. Amen. Now, you got you have a confession. I forgot last week. There we go. Let's let's say this together. How many of you believe in God for your heart to be softened? Today I decree that I am anointed and appointed by God to accomplish something fruitful and lasting. I prophesy a fresh anointing comes upon me for heavenly service. Like Jesus, I say I am empowered to go about doing good and setting people free from oppression. Let divine doors be opened before me that will bring me before people of influence that I might affect them with the anointing. I declare it in Jesus' name. Now that was one of, out of Brenda Kuhneman's 
devotionals, wonderful devotional. But let's allow the Holy Ghost to do that. Amen? Well, is there anyone needs prayer for your physical body? I don't know. We've already prayed for people today. What was the main thing today? If you can't give that main thing, I'm going to open the Bible and start over again. Start from square one. What's the main thing I told you earlier today that I wanted you to get if you left with nothing else but that? Thank you, teacher. Don't what? Don't what? Say, if I complain, I'm in unbelief. That might help. Well, anything else, boss? God bless you. Have a good week of no complaining. I love you.